Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the official WNRG podcast. We believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. And I'm Brittany Lemaire. We are looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Be intentional. Stay curious. And inspire others. You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us. Hashtag WNRG Podcast Series. Hey there, listeners. Thanks for joining us for part two of our conversation about male allies in the workplace. So Carrie Wong in Mm -hmm. the studio with us. Think about the last time that you were in a meeting, I'll say with a bunch of other people, and there was food and drink in the meeting. Think about the last time that the last person to leave the room was male and they were doing the cleanup. Oh, that's good. As opposed to a female. And I think that that is as much an accountability on men men in our society Mm. to make that change more than anybody else. Because it's not... It can't just be the women who are who want the change. It has to be the men that are advocating for that change and who start behaving like that as well, exhibiting those behaviors that need to, to help the culture change. Otherwise, it's not going to. Well, we want to hear an advocate like yourself to share um, with everyone, and, and it takes one person. Yeah. And you're that one person right here, right now, <laughs> either in your yeah. department, in your home. Yeah. Um, in your community that's going to make that difference just because you believe it and you want it to take place. Yeah. And and within your own organization, I'm sure that um, you exude that to your team. Give me a day, a day <laughs> in the life of Carrie. Oh, uh, I have no idea. My day, primarily right now, because of, because of my role, I'm in the BTL organization, which is a business technology leadership organization. And I run the Intelligent Automation uh, Center of Excellence. Um, so I would say part of my role is delivering uh, value, business value, and use cases, uh, delivering automation, right, to help business areas be more effective and efficient and really to transform our consumer experience through that. That's really only maybe I say half. That might even be less than half of, of my role. I have actually found my role right now is really um, – educating and explaining what is artificial intelligence, what is machine learning, what is cognitive computing, what is robotic process automation. Is it a bunch of robots walking around the hallways doing doing jobs of people? Or what is it really? And it is a bunch of robots walking on the halls, by the way. But really, edu- taking the time to talk to people and tell them about what what artificial intelligence is, because it's all over the news. So it means so many things to so many different people, but getting everyone kind of grounded about what these things are and what that enables us to do. Because when people hear capabilities without understanding really what's behind that, they don't really understand how to use those capabilities. So you really got to start. So my a lot big chunk of my job is just spent on education. Here's, a, here's these concepts. Here's these concepts you hear in the news all the time. Here's the concepts you're reading in the paper all the time. Here's really what they mean. And hopefully simplifying that so it's not a whole bunch of technical jargon, but it makes sense at a real simple base level. And then building on that, 
talking about the capabilities that these uh, uh, that these things now offer, and then talking about the business opportunities that can be realized through those capabilities. So, so much of my job right now is spent around, I'll call it creating education and then educating people around these new concepts because they're new. They're, 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 a lot of them are conceptual. A lot of marketing terms are thrown, a lot of uh, uh, software companies throwing these terms because it's good for marketing, not because it actually is what it is. So just spending so much of my job right now is educating people. Um, so that's really what I go around and do. I talk about what machine learning is. I talk about what artificial intelligence is. I talk about what data science is. So the literacy. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great summary word that I have not used before, but I like it a lot. Well, there you go. And, and those things are very foreign to us. You know, yeah. We're familiar with artificial intelligence. We know. We've heard it. We've seen it. Uh, we're seeing it with our new Workday program. They have yeah. the artificial intelligence. Yes, in the, absolutely. The chatbot, right? Down there, in which I, he, he's intriguing. You yeah. know, you want to type a question in just to see, just to test him. Absolutely. And, 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 and a part of it is just because of the way, um, I'll call it movies and media make things, right? And part, Westworld. I, wa- I, like, I love watching Westworld. It's fascinating. <laughs> um, but those are a bunch of bots in essence, right? Um, so people are like, is this what you're talking about? And that's not at all what we're talking about. And, and, and I think we're probably far away from that. Um, but just kind of grounding people about what it is and where we're at today as opposed, and even grounding what we're capable of today as opposed to what we may be capable of five or ten years from now. And even, so I'm sorry, I'll, I'll drag on a little bit longer. What we can do today is so different from what we could do two or three years ago, which is so different from what we could do five or ten years ago. So being, just getting educated about what it is and what, we can, what we're capable of today, is, it's, a, it's a lot of work to begin with. So you're chipping away at it. it you're getting somewhere with the literacy portion yeah. of it or the understanding. Um, I mean, do you write um, mentor documents to to be able to use some type of? I'm a horrible writer. <laughs> uh, I, I'm an old school kind of person. I totally embrace that. I like going around and meeting people and giving presentations. Yay, and I like that. To people. I'm old. I totally understand I'm old school, but no. I like I like talking to people um, because I think that with complex concepts, it's so much easier to talk talk to somebody and talk them mm-hmm. through it rather than writing a very long dissertation on it, right? Um, and I feel like it, it's a, I'm much better able to connect with people when I'm able to talk through it and give examples and, and let them ask me questions to be interactive so I can give them real examples back uh, uh, based upon their area and their questions. Um, I find much more success at that. And along with that, we are building – we are definitively building things that are changing the way that we do business in a lot of different ways. Um, We just launched a bot that, uh, so we have a process where members come in and we have a process in group that uh, they, members can pen for any number of reasons. Well, one of these, one of the things that we did is we just launched uh, a bot, a robot in a group in enrollment that where 44,000 people were pending for some set of reasons every year. And they would have to wait anywhere from a day to a week to get their pens resolved in order to get them down to our platform. Uh, we've launched a bot working with uh, group service operations that that solves all of those uh, within a couple of hours. All 44,000. So we don't have anybody, any person touching any of those 44,000 transactions wow. every year. And instead of waiting a day or a week, uh, it's intraday. Uh, we're solving the problem for them. 
so that bot is typing in a question. Oh uh, no! So it's tell, it's, yeah. it's under it's seeing what's happening with his member. It understands what's happening. Okay. It understands why it's happening, and it says, "Hey, I can solve this," and it goes and solves that problem for uh, for that member without that member ever knowing that there was a problem to begin with. And that's incredible. So I didn't know if that was like on the AI side or the no. That's more the, on the simple side. So okay. we are uh, on the more of the called the AI ML side. We're looking at a process where we're having uh, bots read faxes from individuals and physicians. Mm. So it's wow. going through an OCR <laughs> engine, optical character recognition area engine, and it's extracting a whole bunch of information from that, like name, member ID. Uh, address. What are you writing to us? Wow. And it's under, it's getting an understanding around what all that stuff is, and then it's classifying like, ooh, um, this is you know Miss Smith, and she is having this issue, and she's a member of this product line, and this is really urgent. So we need to put this in this work queue for somebody to go work immediately because this is really urgent and this needs resolution for her. As opposed to, you know, Mr. Smith, and he's riding around, and he just has this other kind of question. And it's not urgent, so it can go to this other team and with the other kind of priority in order to go and be worked. So we're, we're, we're created all these models to not only take this, because these are faxes, they're very unstructured data, um, and reading them and, under, and extracting information to really understand who, this, who these people are and what are they writing to us about, and then to be able to write them to the appropriate area. Um, and this is in our resolutions area. And so this is real member impact about where people want and need service. And those little steps at a time make a difference. I know everybody is different. Yeah. And every question is phrased differently. Absolutely. And everybody, you know, whatever that looks like. So that's incredible that you've already uh, made the impact you have. Yeah. Bit by bit. We're going we're gonna to change the world bit by bit. Wow. And you lead that team that does that. Yeah. Yeah, I lead the Center of Excellence. That's both kind of educating us about uh, the organization, what, what is it, what is it, what is it now that we can go do, as well as uh, leading the delivery uh, of that. So we're working really, we're really closely with the Process Transformation Office. Hopefully, everyone's heard of the Process Transformation Office yes. and our three big processes that we're going after this year. You know, between claims communication and resolve inquiries and issues. Those are big enterprise processes. So we're working very closely with those process owners, uh, understanding where those both those cost centers as well as those pain points are, especially those consumer pain points. And we're really looking to try, hopefully, to solve those problems. So the metrics. And, oh, go ahead, Brittany. Oh, go sorry, ahead. I was going to say, I, I do believe that uh, there is a high article that was released uh, today, which today is June 6th. Um, on the process transformation office and also Tracy Richardson that we interviewed on the podcast. She's, she's also part of that group as well. So they're really doing some amazing things that are going to have some great outcomes for us as a business and making our lives as associates easier. So I'm excited to see what else is going on and also just the fact that you're working on a bots to help fix pen reports. Means a lot to me um, <laughs> as someone that helps deal with members, uh, you know, every day. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's going to make a tremendous difference in and, how how we can truly take care of our members. Yeah, and and to and for everybody that's out there worried about bots taking jobs, um, here's the interesting way of the way we're looking at prioritizing the opportunities that we go after. Um, everyone thinks that it's that about bots is just doing work and then um, replacing people. We really we found a few things. Number one is that our people are so multi-skilled that they're not just doing one thing. They're doing 10, 20, 30 things 
and that's all with one person. And so we're looking at uh, automating a process. So we might be automating one out of those 30 things. And we're trying to, and we're automating the thing that's most painful for those individuals. That's the most repetitive. So that's, I'll call that part one. Um, so we're automating parts of people's jobs in order to, f- to allow them to focus in on the other parts that are really important. Part two, the way we evaluate the things we go automate, cost, I'll call it cost, savings, or uh, uh, deferment, is half of what we evaluate. Consumer experience, the impact that we can make to the consumer in the end, is the other real 50% that we evaluate. So it's not about just, it's not really just about cost. It's really about experience and that quality, the quality experience that we can give to somebody. That's as much of a factor as anything else. And you were part of the NEXT program. Does that parallel with um, IT? No, not in any way, shape, or form. Okay. So NEXT, so uh, I'm big into the arts. So cool. um, it's, fun, it's a funny story. I guess most of the, the big things that I get involved in are, are because someone gives me grief about it. And <laughs> apparently strong women that give me grief about this. <laughs> um, so a while ago, so we moved to, to Louisville at the end of 2009, and, and I had an impression of Louisville as being a sleepy southern town. Mm. Uh, when I got here, I was amazed by the city that it was, and especially amazed by its very vibrant art scene. Um, and I, I'm big into the arts. Um, and so I was, I was consuming and enjoying it. Um, and then I ran into Barbara Sexton Smith, who is the former CEO of the Fund for the Arts and who's now a city councilwoman. Um, and so I was sitting there talking to her and talking about the, te- the city and things like that and how I, how I, was, I, how I enjoyed it and, and kind of talking about myself and, and my idealism uh, of how people change the world. And so then Barbara's question to me was like, great, you, you, it sounds like you're doing, uh, like you believe in a lot of fantastic things and sounds like you're really optimistic and sounds like you have a lot of energy and like you could be a, a good leader within our community. So um, are, what are you doing to, to make the city the, the place that you want to be, the, the city that you want to enjoy, the city that you want to raise your family in? And my answer to her was, well, I go to work every day and I go home every day and that's about it. And so Barbara was like, well, I have a program for yeah. you. So the next program um, is uh, is a program run by the Fund for the Arts, and it's about uh, training the next generation of arts leaders in the community. Not arts leaders from the producing artistic director side, but the board, the leadership side of the house. So that's what Next is all about. And so I joined Next, and uh, I thought it was a phenomenal experience. I got involved uh, or got exposure to all the major arts organizations in town, and uh, in particular, Kentucky Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you live in Louisville and you haven't been down to Central Park uh, in the summertime, you should de- definitely come down. We have uh, free Shakespeare uh, Tuesday through Sunday every night. Um, and it's a festival experience. We have food trucks. We have bars. We have everything like that. So, But I got involved with that organization, with the board. I'm actually the current, current board chair for Kentucky Shakespeare. Um, so the fun- next program got me training to uh, be a board member and to how to lead a nonprofit board, which is different from a for-profit board, but how to lead a nonprofit board and mm-hmm. what that really means and what kind of impact you can have both on the organization as well as the community you serve. So again, again example, Kentucky Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like 35% of uh, the people that we serve are underneath the poverty line. So I think about 35% of the people that we serve 
don't eat are underneath the poverty line. There's no other great arts organization how organization that they can go access for free. We're free. We're in the park every you know throughout the summer. Thirty five percent. That's large. That I mean, is that's huge. It is, and we serve thirty eight thousand in the park over the summer, and we serve a hundred and nine, I think, hundred nine, hundred ten thousand uh, across the across the state throughout the year because we do. Uh, shows in the, in, in the libraries and other parks, mm-hmm. and uh, we also do school programming. Um, so, so an arts organization like that does something like that. Um, we also do uh, Shakespeare without words for our refugee and immigrant population. We do uh, Shakespeare for patients who are um, recovering from cancer treatments because we believe in art therapy helping. We believe not just uh, you know healing the body, but healing the soul too. Mm-hmm. And we think that art helps do that, and you know acting uh, as a part of that. So we, we do it for cancer. Uh, we have Shakespeare for Veterans to help our veterans uh, from the military with PTSD and, and the things that come along with that. So we do Shakespeare with Veterans to help those individuals. So the next program was really about um, me embracing the fact that I want to be a part of this community, mm-hmm. not just a visitor to the community. And it really helped me understand and get involved in orga- an organization that's really making a difference in the community, um, hopefully to make the community a better place. Sure, by giving back, by supporting, by directing, by leading, yeah. and, and making it um, more of a presence yeah. uh, for Shakespeare in the park. Absolutely. I think that art in part is both a reflection of and aspiration for the soul of a community, right? Mm. Um, and I want to, to be uh, uh, the best vibrant soul that we have here in Louisville in this community. So how did you get interested in the arts? Are you a theater major? Are you, I'm not, I didn't I was, hear anything about theater nope. here. I, I, I'm horrible. I'm, I can't act. I can't sing. I can't. I can't do anything. But um, you can enjoy. I can enjoy. I, I call myself. You can support. Absolutely. <laughs> I consume. I consider myself a great consumer. Right. I put it <laughs> that way. Um, and the producing artistic director of Kentucky Shakespeare, his name is Matt Wallace. Um, he and I. He had this conversation with me as I was joining the board, and his 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 statement to me was impactful. He said, um, "You're you're the kind of person that I want on my board." Not because it's and because you're not an artist, but because you come in with a business background, a strategy back, strategy background. Um, I do a lot with our finances. I do, and I'm in IT. He's like, you're so different from everyone that works here. That's why I want you on our board because you're helping to fill the gap um, that we have, and it's kind of your skill set. Uh, and, the, and those qualities that you can help bring can really help round out our organization to help us succeed. Um, because of Matt's words, if everyone's like me, you know, uh, we would not be able to achieve the things that we want to. And your passion. You're yeah. passionate about it. I, I hope so. It's a thing that I really believe in. So it's not just living in the community, but it's being a part of the community. Love that statement. <laughs> did want to touch back on, you mentioned mentoring. Yes, ma'am. Would you like to share some thoughts on the mentoring process? Um, yeah, absolutely. I would say uh, not just men- so mentoring to me. Mentoring helps is a, a relationship with somebody who's generally of a higher role than you are. And generally speaking, those individuals mentoring you are going to help you think about where you're at ask you various questions to help you think about what you want your career pathway to be and really help you to define that. And I think that that's definitively needed and, and people should definitely have mentors throughout their career. 
mentors help me understand what I want um, and help me define what that is. But it's really, I'll call it uh, sponsors that make all the difference in the world. And I've had some sponsors across my career, and there's no way I could be anywhere close to where I am today without those sponsors who not only mentored me, but did so much more. They advocated for me. They pushed me. They put my name out there when I wasn't thinking about something. And they pushed me as a person to be better and to achieve more. So those sponsors, finding those right people who know you, who know what you can do, who believe in you, and will sponsor you throughout your career, I think those people are invaluable. And they made all the difference in the world for me to get me to where I'm at today. And uh, they're probably going to make all the difference in the world for me as I continue my career path. I think you described what it means to be an advocate as a male, and I don't know that we've heard it put so succinctly before. So Mm -hmm. I really want to thank you for your time, Carrie. Certainly. That's good. I've I've been been honing and practicing that definition and that explanation for a while now. So I'm hoping to get better at it. And you nailed it. And that's it for this episode. You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us, hashtag WNRG Podcast Series. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others.